0: Welcome to Only Human, a podcast from Don't Forget the Bubbles. This is Becky Platt with Henry Goldstein, and these are the stories that reflect the diversity of our community and the multitude of life events that come our way, that shape us as professionals and as humans. Samira identifies as a transgender, non-binary woman, but her gender identity is still evolving. Samira's incredible story takes us on a journey of discovering the woman inside her as a child growing up in India. The discrimination and suppression that she has experienced as a result and what it is like for her now to be a visible trans person working as a medical professional in the UK.
1: As far as my memory goes in my childhood, uh, maybe I was seven or eight years old. Always been with my sisters, my cousins and the girl kids around me playing with home-home kind of a a play, kettles and dishes and having a husband and cooking for husband, taking care of a doll, those kind of uh, plays and games. Eventually, I realized that, you know, parents are saying that, no, you are a boy. Uh, You are not a girl and boys don't do this boys supposed to work this way, boys supposed to talk this way, walk this way. All those kind of impositions started. I I was studying in a boy's school. So I must be around uh, uh, nine years old. My uh, dance competition for school's annual function, it it was a folk song where um, a farmer and his wife have uh, describing their day And as a loving couple, how they take care of the family and as well as their farm and fields. The teacher, she allotted me a role of wife of that farmer, saying that the way I was like pretty in my looks and dance. So I started doing the dance practice and my sister saw me once that dancing and she just went ahead and informed uh, to my father and my father was very angry. My mom came there uh, during the dance class and she said that uh, these kind of things are not allowed in our family and it, it was like a force on me that no boys don't do all these things. I had to suppress all those feelings i feel like i would have been a big time dance queen by this time <laughs> i could not have that i would have been a model i would have been definitely in the fashion industry uh, all those things got chop chop i was uh, not allowed uh, you know even to be walked or made hand gestures uh you know will were considered as being feminine and you should not be doing it up in that way where open uh, comments were being made by my family members and as well my uh, friends and other extended family members too unfortunately that created more and more guilt in me that because i was not understood uh, was not allowed uh, myself being expressed what i am A false imposition that uh, I'm a boy and I should be living in this way. Do
0: do you think that they realised that there was this conflict inside you?
1: My father and mom realised that I'm I'm a different child. Uh, And probably that's the reason why they uh, always try to suppress me. Probably they had a social pressure that, oh, their child uh, could be this way and that's not good because socially it is not acceptable. So what had uh, created uh, more and more amount of guilt? My religion plays a very important uh, part in that. Uh, Having a rigid boundary about homosexuality and transgenderism and Islam. Homosexuality, yes, the windows are still rigid, but transgenderism is very well acknowledged and accepted. But that time, 30 years ago, it was still a dark space.
0: When you talked about... The dancing, I could see how happy that memory was for you. And then you had to come home and suppress that. Can you tell me what that was like?
1: Well, okay, I uh, withdrew myself. I mean, I can say that even till this date, I do not have uh, much of social skills of uh, having peer interaction, which is something so important for a child. I just could not have group activities where I was all the time being self-conscious that mom has said that you should not do like this. But actually, I wanted to do it. I wanted to talk in a girly way. I wanted to dance in those parties, be like a girl being expressed. So I do not remember being attending any of the birthday parties or any of the social functions being a child. Feeling suppressed
0: and guilty about her gender identity forced Samira to find ways to express herself in the only way she was able to, behind closed doors.
1: Expression of gender apart from what you're fixed in that role, is something which is extremely difficult. Fortunately, my parents uh, were working parents. Both were teachers, both were out at work, and uh, my school timings were different from their school timings. So afternoons, I used to be alone. The doors and windows of the house shut, and the queen inside me is out. (laughs) What did that mean? How did you let the queen inside you out? So I used to wear my sister's and mum's clothes and I used to enjoy uh, I used to play radio and enjoy the dancing on those all uh, beautiful Bollywood um, melodies of Lata Mangeshkar. that was the only way I had it to express my gender till the age of teenage and where it comes the issue about expressing your sexuality
0: So you were fully you when you were on your own. And then you had to put that back in the box when you were with other people.
1: Yep, it's exactly that to me. When the time is over, you have to go back to what the world wants.
0: I think that phrase, what the world wants, is incredibly evocative. That makes me feel so sad. Because so often what the world wants is just not the right thing for the individual, is it?
1: True. And that was uh, the world for me, Uh, closed windows and closed doors. This continued till the age I was doing my MBBS. Can you imagine from an age of eight or nine years till the age I was 24, 25?
0: Samira talked to me about how she developed a false impression of what love, relationships and sex meant through accessing porn on the internet. Because in her early life, she had no other source of information to help her make sense of her feelings. This meant she found it hard to form close, loving relationships until she moved away from her hometown.
1: I had my first sexual interaction with my neighbour. There is no other means that you express your intimacy or love. So the only way you express love is just having sex. And that is unfortunately the only thing was possible that time. So when I moved from my hometown, as I say, to an educational institution where I worked as a junior doctor, a uh, thousand kilometers away, uh, I broke up this relationship and started exploring around. And that's how I met my second relationship, which was another three years. I fell in love with this man and that was the time I realized he loves a woman inside me. He doesn't see me as his um, male partner. Uh, he loves the femininity inside me. That whole thing started making me realize that there are uh, people around in this world. They see a woman inside you. And uh, this is what exactly I was looking forward.
0: I can see that that's a happy
1: memory. And that must have been incredibly freeing for you. Yes, it's such a liberation, Uh, liberating a woman inside you, seeing uh, each and every aspect about expressing yourself as uh, what you want to be, uh, what you are actually. Unfortunately, that relationship didn't last. He was not okay with socially we both being open and out because in India, that is something uh, those relationships are not Acceptable. He chose his uh, woman partner. He had his own married life. He uh, went ahead with that. Uh, I started battling uh, with my own depression during that time uh, to an extent that I became suicidal. Uh, I started realizing more and more about it that it is not the relationship which is causing me or giving me depression. It is me battling up with accepting myself fully wholeheartedly that I'm a transgender person or I need to realize that when I'm being at my social place, at my workplace, at my family, I need to be open and out. Yes, there will be vulnerabilities, periods of vulnerabilities where socially you will be brutally uh, being hit on. But uh, you need to take a chance. Life cannot go this way. At that point,
0: Samira made the decision to seek help for her depression and begin her journey towards being open and out. An accepted trans woman, which wasn't
1: easy, especially at first. Okay, I made a plan. 10 years ago uh, let's fight back my mental health professional friends and uh, when very prominent friend uh, who helped me out uh, throughout all my journey i lost him in between because i realized that uh, uh, he was losing a boundary of being a friend and as a professional he had such a honest uh, you know communication with me uh, saying that i can't bear the pain when you uh, when you lose your job if you lose your job i'll blame myself for that because i helped you out to come out openly as a transgender person and that pain i i just can't bear it i'll i'll make whole lot of my friends available for you just start your journey with with my friends and all the best So can you imagine how much amount of dilemma, uh, uh, you know, uh, being a medical professional and being a friend of uh, people who belong to LGBTIQ community goes? He he has a battle that how can I protect my friend? And at the same time, how do I uh, accept this professional challenge? But at the same time, he made me capable of uh, dealing with all those challenges, uh, how to deal with depression, what are the uh, you know, coping mechanisms. He, he made sure that he built me all those uh, resources around, made me capable of dealing with all those things.
0: Samira continued to strive for acceptance and support through online research regarding gender law, and by reaching out to other trans women on social media. After engaging with people online who truly understood her, she made a brave and bold decision, but one that
1: could potentially cost her career. So the first person uh, to whom I came out was my boss. Professor Ravi Shankar uh, and told that uh, there is a woman inside me and I have taken a decision that that woman is going to be open and out.
0: Oh my gosh, how did that go?
1: Well, (laughs) I was like in tears and uh, it it all happened in, in, in his home. Morning. I told that boss I want to come to your home because I want to share something which is very uh, intricate and important thing about my life. He said that okay, come home. He was sitting uh, up uh, on a sofa. I just sat next to him. I was. I still remember. I was. <laughs> I was holding his little finger. I was crying and uh, I was trying to tell that uh, this is what I am and I have taken a decision to do a gender transition and it is going to be a whole lot of challenge for you because it's not going to be a a easy thing people are going to come to you saying that uh, uh, this person is abnormal deceased how are you going to interact with it uh, is it okay that i continue uh, still in your department in this institution or uh, you think that i should go back somewhere else and continue my journey and then he says that look my child this is the safest place for you and uh, we will take care of you i'll take care of you oh that's so amazing yeah i mean it's it's been 15 years with him becky and uh, it's like a second father for me
0: a very strong man. I actually, I I was really smiling when you said this is going to be very challenging for you. (laughs) Fueled on by being made to feel comfortable and accepted at her workplace and with a new relationship on the horizon, it felt like the right time for Samira to come out to her parents.
1: I met uh, this man who came to me and said that I love you as what you are and not what your body is all about. And whichever way you want to be, whether you're Samir, Samira, both or none, it doesn't matter. Uh, and that's how our journey started. That was the point when I came out to my parents too. And I told them that, um, you know that I am cross-dressing. And I have decided that uh, I'm going to come out openly. and going to start living as a trans woman. And medically, I'm going to transition. That was I who thought that it is difficult for my parents to understand me. But Becky, I'll tell you, it was not like that. When they went went back, once the vacation was over my father called me and uh, i can never forget that call first time in his life he was crying on phone he knew it that i'm a transgender person since my childhood and only thing he told me uh, my child uh, you are the most beautiful child i see around and I'm worried for you that I won't be there as your father to protect you and take care of you.
0: Oh, you're gonna finish me off here in a minute.
1: (laughs) What more you wanted, that one statement sums up everything, Becky, that uh, my gender identity is acknowledged.
0: Do you think some of that suppression that had happened in your childhood was just about him trying to protect you?
1: Exactly. (laughs) You exactly got the point. He was so much worried about me as a child explicitly behaving and probably getting discriminated during that time.
0: Another huge change in Samira's life was moving to London to begin work as a doctor. This was a chance to start a new phase in her life as a visible trans woman. But how would her new colleagues react when they found out?
1: It was a 10 years long journey for getting uh, accepted at a workplace. It was on the Transgender Day of Visibility. Uh, On that day, I just wrote a small short message on my department WhatsApp group. When the handover was done, Dr. Napier turned towards me and said that, uh, Oh, Samira, do you have anything to say uh, about this? About this special day, I, I just turned at him and said, Oh, yeah, what a surprise. Okay, I have something to tell. And I said it what is mean by being a transgender person and visible. Very openly interacting with my colleagues and exposing my vulnerabilities. Me being vulnerable does not mean that I will be having a negative outcome out of it. Whichever way you want to express yourself, you have a liberty to express, but it is my choice. It is me who have chosen this moment to be vulnerable, being open and visible person. And I'm extremely sure that it is going to be positive and you all are going to be there understanding the whole lot of journey which I have gone through and me being your transgender colleague uh, in this institution. I can't describe that moment. Their eyes were all telling me that they were just so much uh, happiness was there, so much uh, gratitude and thankfulness was there that uh, I expressed myself what I am. After that, one more consultant after one month sat next to me and said that, So, Samira, I understand that you have expressed yourself, but I still have some more doubts about you. Oh, okay, come. Just let's sit and talk what is mean by gender, gender identity. And he was so open about that and so comfortable in discussing about, understanding that. And that is what exactly I wanted. Somebody coming and sitting next to me, my consultant sitting next to me and discussing about that, having that comfortness around that.
0: Sometimes I worry, particularly talking to young people in my own practice, that I'm going to just somehow get it wrong but it seems like you're saying just ask me just be honest is, is that the best thing to do
1: exactly you ask that person what you feel what you are how you want to be it, it's, it's kind of a responsibility on me being visible being vulnerable being talkative about what you are uh, in that space come come and discuss with me It's okay if some people do not want to talk, do not want to tell, respect their space. But if I'm there around, if somebody is there in that institution, you can have that comfortness of discussing.
0: I've got goosebumps hearing that. I'm so pleased that that's been your experience here. We don't get it right across the board, but I'm
1: so pleased that you feel more accepted and for being you. Thank you. Thank you, Becky. It's wonderful. There's so much love around, so much comfortness around. And I'm feeling so confident that gives such a, that that boosts a special kind of confidence in me. Uh, life has become so easy for me.
0: Thanks for listening. You can find more episodes of Only Human, as well as details of events, courses and other resources at don'tforgetthebubbles.com. Until next time.